think it was Einstein who said that insanity is doing the same thing over and over, yet expecting a different result. And there we were in the middle of a pandemic, and George Floyd was murdered in front of people, caught on tape by police. And the world's consciousness was awakened to the reality that black and brown people have been experiencing forever. Racism. We've had the consultants, we've had the speakers come into the districts and talk about it. We know it's there. We know that it's systemic. Yet what do we do? I'm so excited today that Dr. Tracy A. Benson joins me for a second time on the podcast. And we talk about a new institute he's founded called the Anti-Racist Leadership Institute. At the end of the show, he mentions this metaphor of a ladder and getting past our phobia. So you want to check it out. It's a bonus show, so it's, it's pretty short. But that's what Tracy does. He helps you get past the fear, get past those cognitive blocks that we have to discuss what is quite a frightening topic, racism. Not only will Tracy help you get past the fear, but he'll also help you implement the change, the change all of us want to see within our schools and our communities. So, Ruckus Maker, thanks for being here. I hope you enjoy the show in just a second. But before we get to our conversation, a message, quick message from our sponsors. All students have an opportunity to succeed with Organized Binder, who equips educators with a resource to provide stable and consistent learning, whether that's in a distance, hybrid, or traditional educational setting. Learn more at OrganizedBinder.com. And now, a word from our sponsor, TeachFX. Are you automatically tracking online student participation data during COVID? Innovative school leaders across the country have started tracking online student participation using TeachFX because it's one of the most powerful ways to improve student outcomes during COVID, especially for English learners and students of color. Learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer at teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. That's teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. If you're waiting for your district to develop you, don't hold your breath. What would you be able to accomplish if you poured jet fuel on your leadership development? Rob, a principal in North Carolina, had this to say about his mastermind experience. I have found myself trying more things because I know that I have the support from other amazing school leaders to help guide me through if I get stuck. Turn your dreams into reality and level up your leadership. Apply to the mastermind today at betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash mastermind. Well, hey there, Ruckus Maker. I'm joined again, second time on the show by Dr. Tracy A. Benson, an assistant professor of educational leadership at the University of North Carolina, Charlotte. He's a former public school teacher, middle school assistant principal, and high school principal. Dr. Benson received his doctorate in ed leadership from the Harvard Graduate School of Education and master's of school administration from UNC Chapel Hill. He's a co-author of Unconscious Bias in Schools, and Tracy's also the founder of what we're going to talk about today, uh, the Anti-Racist Leadership Institute. 
And in case you haven't heard a bit of his story, uh, he was my guest in season two, episode 248. You can go back and check that out. And recently he's been featured as a host on the School Leadership Series podcast. So Tracy, welcome back to the show. Great. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. You know, it was great for talking with you the first time. And, you know, it, I really appreciate the opportunity to do this 10-part series on unconscious bias. And I'm great uh, and very feel very blessed to be back to talk about the Institute because it's been a great uh, time for us and a good resource for leaders. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. And, and we'll definitely get to the Institute Maybe uh, just as a teaser to go back in case people didn't check out episode 248 of the show and then the content you're creating for the School Leadership Series, uh, can you tell us just a little bit about unconscious bias and what that means to you? Yeah, so it means that, you know, that we have in the United States, we have a long history of racism that our society has been built upon. And these vestiges of our historical racism carry on up until today, right, in every aspect of our life and business and policing, as we've been seeing recently in our society, um, in medicine, and also in schools. And so we bring our work on unconscious bias to talk about the vestiges of racism in schools and how it disproportionately disadvantages kids of color. And so we want to bring light to one, what does racism look like in schools? We call it racial bias, to, you know, because we, it's more of a normalized bias, but we call it unconscious bias because it's just so normal. And often we don't do these things purposefully. And so we want to bring folks attention to one, our, in the way we've ingested racial bias as educators and how we unintentionally play those biases out on our, on our students, then how to bring attention to knowing what our own biases are and then implementing specific strategies, not just thinking and knowing better, but implementing specific strategies to interrupt those biases and with the, with the uh, result of lessening the impact of racism on our kids, increasing their you know, lifetime outcomes, their graduation rates, and also their academic achievement. Thanks for that uh, description. And I'm, I'm sure the work you do with unconscious biases is uh, informing your work with um, what you founded there, the Anti-Racist Leadership Institute. Uh, but tell us more. So that's that's a big project, maybe a heavy lift. You're doing it. I know it's uh, very exciting for you and a lot of people are signing up to join. What is the Anti-Racist Leadership Institute? Yeah, this is something that came out of really intense need of, you know, the um, intense needed interest of folks who want to know how to interrupt racial biases in their school districts. So I think since the, you know, since the killing of George Floyd, America has really woken up to the fact that racism is real and it's real big and it's widespread in our country. Of course, it's been around for hundreds of years, but there's a more of a recent attention and awakening and, re and realization that we actually need to be an active part of participating in anti-racism. And so, you know, after the killing of George Floyd, I had a lot of uh, requests for folks about just coming to me from different school districts, different universities, different or education-based organizations, uh, asking like, we, you know, we know that we don't like, you know, we want to sort of be the change we want to see in the world. We want to lessen the, the impacts of racism in society. And we know as educators, we're a part of that. And so folks would come to me like, how can we integrate anti-racism into our school district, into our organization, into our university? And how can we do it with intention? Because a lot of these organizations have already been through the cycle of, you know, bringing in an outside consultant to talk at them for a while or run a couple of workshops per year and really raise the consciousness of the practitioners. But they notice that it doesn't really change practice. Right. And the purpose of engaging in any sort of training and workshop is to change practice. And so a lot of these organizations had been through this process a time and time and time again, but not really achieved any substantive change. And so, you know, getting back, going back to the drawing board with me and my team, 
we um, wanted to create a, a learning opportunity and an implementation strategy for folks actually to realize substantive change. And so the purpose behind the Institute, one, is to raise the consciousness and awareness of the participants, one, increase their racial literacy about what racism is, how it impacts their students, how it impacts them, understand the dynamics of what Robin D'Angelo calls white fragility, which is the biggest barrier to realizing change. And then also then to discuss what the implications are for developing a strategy and then locating ourselves in terms of what is our particular role as leaders going into the work. And so we do this by having a month long of intensive study through reading, through discussions, through watching films, through accountability partnering. So we're together for a total of 10 hours over the course of five weeks, virtually two hours per week with leaders from all over the world. In our last institute that just ended yesterday, our, um, our September Institute, we had two individuals from California, two from Missouri, and one woman, uh, she's in Beijing, China. You know? And so we all came together, leaders from all over the world, to come together to talk about the issue of anti-racism and what that looks like, and push each other to really think better and develop strategies for our particular context. And so that five weeks of very intensive study, accountability, partnering, and learning, and developing strategies is then supported with 12 weeks of what, what I call um, anti-racist executive coaching, personally by me where we, I meet with individuals every other week for 12 weeks during the implementation phase, because that's when the work gets tough. You know, during the 10 weeks, you know, we talk about what could happen, we raise our consciousness and awareness, but when individuals go back within to their context, they realize that there's a lot of barriers that they have to, you know, and hurdles they have to overcome in order to implement their plan. And I'm there side by side to coach individuals through the cognitive aspects, meaning that getting over the fear and trepidation about actually implementing things and saying the word race and racism within the school district, and then also adjusting their plan as they implement it so that they can realize change. I have follow-up questions, but... I want to ask you this, and I know the ruckus maker listening can't see us, but we're on video and I want that so we have a human connection. Your face lit up when you were talking about uh, connecting leaders from around the world. You know, I mean, you had a huge smile on your face. So I just want to check in with you and ask you, uh, why do you think that is? What was that all about? I mean, it's, it's this global awakening to racism is really inspiring. You know, I mean, just to name the number of places that, you know, my, I mean, one, that the book has been. I never expected the book to have such a global impact, right, okay. around this concept of racial bias. We know it's a global phenomenon. We know with the history of colonialism around the world that racism is an issue. And for folks to come in and say, we want to be anti-racist, folks from Australia, as I mentioned, China, Brazil. I just got off the phone this morning with an interview with a guy from the UK who yeah. told me, like, I just heard about this concept of unconscious bias, and I wanted to, I Googled you and I want to talk to you. So this concept of racism is really um, something that has been a longstanding issue, not just in the, United, in the States, but, but around the globe. And for folks to be coming together and uh, wanting to actually start a, a global conversation and wanting to start to address the issue of racism, I think is, is one, inspiring to see that as a, you know, as a country, but also as, you know, and globally, that we are taking this issue seriously, finally and coming together from all different places to talk about the concept of racism. Because the, the concept of racism is the one we're trying to eliminate. And we're separated from, you know, these bad white people over here. Not, and we're, we're separating this sort of concept of bad white people, which is not what it is. It's a concept of racism. Believing one race is inferior and one race is, race is superior. And that's what I think we're, we're beginning to gravitate around. And I think something that we're, we're actually um, at a point where we realize that it's a threat 
to sort of our national safety and our mm-hmm. national way of life. And so we really want to solve this issue so we can be better and closer as a nation yeah. and as a global community. Thanks for sharing that. You know, my work with uh, school leaders and the mastermind, probably one of the, the best parts of it is connecting with those leaders, not only around the U.S., but Canada and many different countries. Um, we had our first uh, South American leader join as well from uh, Argentina and like, what a, what a treat, you know, I never thought that would be possible. And, and here we are and Sophia's in the group. So uh, we love her. So, okay. I think you said 10, 10 weeks. Did I get that right? 10 weeks, two hour virtual meetings. Is that, is that correct? In terms yeah, of the program? So it's 10 hours over the course of four weeks. So it's, it's okay, within a month. So it's easy. So it's every other week within yeah. a calendar month. And so we have shorter months, we have longer months. So it's typically either every Tuesday or every Wednesday, depending on the participants. So you can you imagine we got some folks from China, some folks from the West Coast, some folks from down the central time zone, and you got me on the East Coast. So we have to find a time that works for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and then we come <laughs> together and we're together for five weeks, you know, during okay. any given calendar month. And then that's followed by, 12 weeks of implementation support. So if we're thinking about the totality of the Institute, it's 17 weeks. Okay. Okay. And I heard you say too, I mean, essentially that, that ideas are easy. People have gone through sort of this process of, of thinking about what it means, but where you're really helping is the execution, you know, execution is everything. And so going through the program, there is discussion, there's implementation and figuring that out. And you mentioned uh, anti-racist executive coaching. Can you bring us to a moment, you know, you don't have to reveal details and names and locations, but can you tell a story of like one of those things that you helped a leader unpack and what that was like? Yeah, so I think the secret sauce to this institute is is it's half technical in terms of what we actually do, but the other half is cognitive framing. And we often forget that the individuals who have to lead this work have their own cognitive constructive barriers around anti-racism, like what is possible. And so the most prevalent barrier that folks have when they come into the Institute is this barrier of fear, that they are not the right person. If they say the wrong thing, they're going to be seen as racist, and they're really afraid to make other people comfortable. Like if we never get over those cognitive barriers, we can never get into the real work. You know, when I, in, the, in the Institute, I talk about, about having like a phobia. Right. Folks come in with anti-racism phobia and they have so many fears about what it means to say to a faculty that, you know what, racial bias plays a role in this building. How do we then alleviate our our racial bias and the impacts on our black and brown kids? And they're afraid that teachers may push back, like, oh, I'm not racist and get really offended. And the thing is, that might happen, but that is not a bad thing. And we cannot talk about, we are so afraid to talk about racism that we actually never talk about it. And so in terms of like the phobia, you know, someone who's afraid of heights you know, they, they, in terms of like the technical learning around this, someone who's afraid of heights could watch someone climb a ladder, climb a bridge, and see how to do it so many times, but that doesn't take away their phobia. So unless they get over their fear, they're never actually going to get up on that ladder. So they can know the technical aspects. And this is what we do in education currently, that we do anti-racism, that we learn the technical moves. We have a book study. You know, we have someone coming in and talking. So you know the technical aspects, but then we never actually get over our own phobias of doing the work ourselves. Right. And so for that person to actually get over their fear of heights, they actually have to be able to climb the ladder themselves. They know how to, but they actually have to bring themselves to do it. And so in, the, in my current, in the one that just finished, uh, I have a superintendent that was truly afraid to say the wrong thing. 
So this was actually preventing her from taking the first step, dipping her toe into the pond of anti-racism, because she simply did not believe she had the words. She didn't want to be anything but perfect. She was afraid to be imperfect. So I helped her get over that cognitive barrier. And I use this process called the immunity to change process. And so it's from this organization called Minds at Work. And these are two professors out of Harvard who were my professors when I was there. And Lisa Leahy, who was the author of one of the books, she was my, my immunity to change coach. And so I use this process specifically for anti-racism phobia to help folks get past the cognitive barriers. And so the majority of the work is actually internal personal work to then do the technical work of changing practice. Change from the inside out, uh, get past the phobia and learn how to climb the ladder. Is that right? There you go. There you go. Exactly. (laughs) I know that ruckus makers will want to jump at this opportunity, Tracy. So if they want to sign up, sign their team up, where can they find more information and uh, get enrolled? Yeah, it's it's great. We we welcome any, we welcome, you know, we welcome teachers, we welcome APs, we welcome principals, we welcome teacher leaders. I've even had deans of colleges and chancellors and folks from education-based organizations. So any and everyone who's in education who wants to be a better leader for racial equity in education is welcome because it doesn't take positional leadership to assume cultural leadership and make a change. And so where folks can find access to, and right now, it's, I keep the, the, the institutes very small purposefully. You know, I don't invite in hundreds of people, so each cohort is just 10. And we do that purposefully because I don't want to have mission drift on what we intend to do. And so folks can find it at my website at tracyabenson.com. So, you know, folks can log on, see our suite of services. You know, our, our sort of Cadillac service is the, the um, Anti-Racist Leadership Institute because that has been what has proven over time since we've been offering this is the catalyst to real change. And everyone who's gone through the program has realized internal as well as organizational change around anti-racist leadership. So again, folks can find information about this at my website, tracyabenson.com. And Ruckus Maker, of course, we'll have that linked up for you in the show notes. Uh, We'll also have linked up for you Tracy's book, Unconscious Bias in Schools. Tracy, thanks again for uh, being my guest. Uh, We covered a lot in a short amount of time. Is there anything that we missed or maybe a better question would be, what's one thing you want folks really to remember about our discussion today? Well, what I want folks to remember is that, you know, that if we want to really make true change, we have to do substantive change, right? I want folks to get out of the loop, you know, the normative loop of bringing in speakers to talk at people to then not, you know, waste time, money, and energy on stuff that's really not going to make change. So to say that in the, that I am not the only answer to this, but I want to promote folks getting out of that sort of that vortex and that loop of, you know, what's popular right now. But what, what, what is really important is that we engage substantively. And one of the ways to do that is to come to the Leadership Institute and think about race differently, about how we can be the change we want to see. So we don't want to depend on anybody else. We can be the change. And so I want to invite folks to, to be that change and, and uh, join me in the Institute. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. You can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag BLBS. 
Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed.